to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea which collects fish of every kind. When the net is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets, what is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated. So, I want to ask you a question this morning. What would it take to alter the trajectory of your life? The direction of your life. What would it take? How would you answer? Well, would having the winning billion-dollar lottery ticket do it? Uh, probably. Okay, some people said no. I said, really? Okay, well, fine. Then give it to me. All right. But what about unexpectedly losing your job. Would that do it? Maybe. You know, there are any number of things that can happen or would happen to us that can alter the direction of our life. I'm sure you could come up with a number of them. Another question. What would you be willing to give up for something that you deeply, deeply desired? Something so valuable to you that you would even sacrifice yourself for. Would you sacrifice your life for money or fame? I seriously doubt any of us here would. There may be people who would, but I don't think anyone here would. One final question. Where does this phrase come from? Quote, For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. Where does it come from? If you're married and you don't know where this comes from, God bless you, okay? It comes from the wedding liturgy. All right? As 
A man and a woman are giving themselves completely to the other in all of the circumstances of life. You know, of all the things that we humans experience in life, and there's a lot, the thing that can truly alter the direction of your life can make us even sacrifice our lives is falling in love. Think about it for a moment. You find the one who you love, you love her so much, you will change your life. Some, some of us have done that. We do. Falling in love, committing the rest of your life to your spouse. And from that union, if it be God's will, the fruit of it, of children, of anything in our lives, our relationships can change the direction of where we're going, for good or for ill. And those relationships can even cause us to willfully give up our lives for the beloved. And that is what our gospel reading today is all about. As the 13th chapter of Matthew winds down and concludes, a chapter in which there are seven parables, and then Jesus gives us the final three today, these parables are very short and to the point, some of his shortest parables. The first is the parable of the hidden treasure, the second, the parable of the pearl of great price, and the third, the parable of the fishing net. What's interesting is each of these parables has one thing in common. There is something of great value. Something of great value. In the hidden treasure, the parable of the hidden treasure, a man discovers a fabulous treasure, and he does something odd. He reburies it and then goes, and out of his joy of finding it, sells everything he owns, gets rid of it all, so that he can buy the land where the treasure is. He sacrificed everything to possess this treasure. In the pearl of great price, we have a, a pearl merchant who is in search of beautiful pearls. And to his delight, he discovers one day this pearl of incalculable value. And what he does is in his excitement and joy, sells everything in, in his life, everything he owns, just so that he can possess this one pearl. He sacrifices everything. Now in the final parable, which is the fishing net, we have a net that's being cast out into the sea, and then it's being hauled back into shore, and it's gathering in its neck all these different kinds of fish. And as they get to shore, the sorting begins. The fish of value, the good fish, are put into buckets and vessels. The bad fish are thrown away, destroyed. 
By way of these three parables, Jesus is teaching us about how precious the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is. How precious it is. What it's worth. Calculable. Calculable. But I have to ask a question of you. We've been hearing these parables of the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of God, um, for several weeks now. What is the kingdom of God? Where is the kingdom of God? Is it like beyond the stars? I mean, what is the, Jesus, what is the kingdom of God? If one studies the Gospels, you make a really interesting discovery. Simply put, the kingdom of God is Jesus Christ himself. He is the very presence of God in this world. He is singularly the location of life, which is God. In the hidden treasure, the man wasn't necessarily looking for it, but he discovered it. It came to him by surprise. For some people in this world who are looking They're not looking for God, but all of a sudden, Jesus Christ confronts them. We find this in the book of Acts. Very famous man. He wasn't looking for Jesus at all. His name was Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. And Jesus confronted him. All of a sudden, surprised him. Bright light, voice. And in that confrontation with Jesus, Everything in his life changed. Everything. The gracious presence of our God can, for some people, surprise them. They weren't looking for him. They didn't necessarily want to find him. But all of a sudden, there he is on their road. And that gives the capability, as in the life of Saul of Tarsus, we know as Paul, to change our life, our relationships, our occupation. In the history of the church, there are countless testimonies of people who have experienced this, where Jesus meets them on the road and surprises them by joy. Now, in the Pearl of Great Price, it's the complete opposite. Here is a pearl merchant searching for pearls. He is looking for them. In the 8th chapter of Matthew, a Roman centurion comes seeking out Jesus. He's looking for Jesus because he wants Jesus to heal his servant. But this man discovered so much more. When the Lord says, well, where is he? Let me go. The centurion falls to his knees and says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant shall be healed. The Roman centurion in seeking Jesus found a whole lot more. He found salvation not only for his servant but for himself. He heard the word that can heal. Again, 
there are countless stories of people who are searching for truth. They aren't Christians, but they're looking for truth. They're, they're wanting to understand the meaning of life. Like, what does this whole universe mean? Is it absurd or is there meaning? Is there purpose? And in their searching, they come face to face with the truth and the life that is found in Jesus. Whether you're a seeker or not, God's kingdom is going to come. I mean, in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, we pray that. And in in Dr. Martin Luther's small catechism, he teaches us, God's kingdom is going to come whether we pray for it or not. That net is being thrown out. In fact, in both the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of pearl of great price, if you look at that parable just like a diamond and turn it as a, as a beautiful jewel, you can get a different perspective for a moment. Because I would tell you that these two parables actually describe the ministry of Jesus. It is Jesus who came to seek and to save that which was lost, he said. That's his very words. He came and what was willing to do what? To give everything up. His entire life to find us and to bring us healing and salvation in his body and blood. We are the hidden treasure. We are the pearl of great price. St. Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that in his poverty you might be made rich. In the great Easter liturgy that is prayed in the vigil of Easter, Holy Saturday, in one of the prayers, and I've always found this so powerful and potent, we pray, Father, to rescue a slave, you gave away your son. Just like the man in the hidden treasure and the pearl merchant, they sold everything they had to possess it. That's what Christ did for us. The final parable punctuates this whole thing. The net of God's word is being cast out. And what it wants to do, that that net of God's word, that's the church. The church is proclaiming the gospel sharing the gospel of Jesus and wanting to draw all people to Jesus. He even says, I want to draw all people to myself, the Lord says. And so that net is being cast out to gather us. But not everyone who encounters Jesus will open their eyes or are willing to listen to his word. There is a day of reckoning. There will be a day of judgment. The day of sorting, 
As Jesus explains in this final parable, he said, thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and the grinding of teeth. These sobering words of our Lord Jesus are not meant to frighten us. But in fact, these words are to sober us up and have us listen to his invitation to come to him. To see in him the truth and the life. He calls each of us constantly to turn back from the way we were going to his way. And to find in him the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price. And discover his love for us. In Matthew, Jesus has these words to each one of us here this morning. If any of you would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life, in other words, hold on to what I have, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, open their life to the Lord and his word, will find life. The word of God tells us this morning that truth and life can only be found in Jesus. No other, there is nowhere that life and truth are found except in Jesus. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth once reflected on this very gospel reading, and he has an incredibly insightful observation. Listen to these words. For a fish created for water, it is fatal to be taken out of the sea, to be removed from its vital element to serve as human food. But in the mission of Christ, the fisher of men, to be, to be a fisher of men, the reverse is true. We are living in alienation. We are living in salt waters of suffering and death in this world, in a sea of darkness without light. The net of the gospel pulls us out of these waters of death and brings us into the splendor of God's light into true life. And only where God is seen does life truly begin. And when we meet the living God in Jesus, do we know it's only when we meet him in Jesus that we know what life is. We are not some casual and meaningless product of evolution. Each of us is the result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed by God. Each of us is loved by God. Each of us is necessary to our Heavenly Father.
there is nothing more beautiful than to be surprised by the gospel, by the encounter with Jesus. There is nothing more beautiful than to know Jesus and to speak to others of our friendship with him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand with me.